0: Well, welcome to the Cut for Time podcast here at the Canton United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Clay, joined by Eric Stearns, and today we're digging into my message from Sunday, which was all about the idea of theology, the study of the things of God. And so we talked about one source of theology on Sunday being scripture. We're going to dig into a couple of more during our conversation today. So let's get into it. Sounds good. Mm -hmm. So this was a weird sermon um, because just, I don't know what... Timing-wise, was just weird Sunday, and so I ended up cutting, like, probably a solid half of my sermon.
1: Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yep. How often does that happen?
0: Um, to this degree, not a lot. Really? Like, there was a... I mean, I don't know if you guys... If you saw, um, but Teresa, like, popped through the rest of my slides mm. after the sermon on Sunday, and it's just like... I felt a little called out, because, like, I had... I, I skipped three slides. Of just stuff mm. of 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 content or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh yeah, I felt a little called out by that, but uh but yeah, just because really? the way that, just the way things went on Sunday, I just timing wise wanted to get us out in an hour ish, and
1: so mm-hmm.
0: yeah, ended up cutting quite a bit of the sermon, and even as I was writing it, I was having a struggle about whether or not to go into one more kind of area a source of theology. I didn't even write it in the sermon, but just in case I had time, I was gonna pre—I was gonna talk about it, but I just—I obviously did not. But mm-hmm. Dumped a lot of it, so we have quite a bit to talk about.
1: Interesting. So, yeah. is it often that you delete whole ideas as you're preaching? Because, like you've talked about that, where. You're always you're always making changes on the fly, which I think is impressive that pastors can do that. But you're also professionals at it, so it, right. so it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it's a thing.
0: Um,
1: yeah. So, are you often dumping entire sections, or is it mostly just more detail of a certain idea? Yeah.
0: So, kind of both. Like, it's a little bit weird for me because I use slides. And mm-hmm. I have someone else running the slide. Like, if it, if it was just me. With a clicker. In my previous appointment, that was the difference between Herrick and Burke. Mm. Herrick, I had the clicker. I clicked all of the slides, every slide advanced when I told it to. Mm -hmm. And so if there was going to be a part where I was going to cut, I'm going to pop through that slide really fast and no one's going to see it. It's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. Whereas in Burke and then here, like I have a presentation person that's helping me with that part of worship, which is awesome. What I do is I write a full manuscript and then I make slides and then I put a picture of the slide next to the sentence and I highlight the sentence in the manuscript so you know if you're running slides you know exactly what I'm looking for and exactly what I'm going to say to make that slide happen okay and so kind of it's a it's a it's a weird balance between I can dump certain parts of it but still get through the main pieces but Sunday there just wasn't there just wasn't time I mean the The idea of the sources of our theology, scripture just has to be the primary source all of the mm-hmm. time, and I really think like the sermon morphed into a sermon on the primacy of scripture, which I am not mad at. Mm-hmm. but I did want to talk more about you know scripture, yes, but there are things that have been developed. there are people that have written books to help us understand Scripture better and come to a deeper understanding and make sometimes even connections in in God's Word that we don't necessarily see at a a glance where someone has come alongside of that and written a resource to help us understand better. Mm -hmm. Because you can read Scripture and still end up with a lot of questions, and what do you do with those questions? You pray about them, obviously, yes, but then you can consult other sources. Mm -hmm. You know, and so that's, that's, you know, that, that was another place where I wanted to go was into other resources. And then what I really wanted to drive at too was that we are our own helps where like we, you know, where we support one another in our journey to understand God better. And through the relationships that we develop, we can come to know God more too. Mm -hmm. And so those are those last two things are things that got completely left behind on Sunday. In order to talk about just how important scripture is, and how primary scripture is for us, and why, and why that matters, basically,
1: mm-hmm. I like it yeah. that honestly, just this short conversation here for me kind of ties together the sermon for me. Yeah, I've listened to it a couple times since since Sunday. Yep, and that just kind of that helped solidify that makes sense. Yeah. So. Let's talk about those other two ideas so what secondary sources do you use or what how what role does does a secondary source play for you um, in helping you understand god who god is sure
0: as far as the secondary sources that i use on a pretty consistent basis um i i consult a lot of biblical commentaries um because i realize that while i do carry a degree in theology and i do have an mdiv like i'm not the the end of, i'm not the end of scriptural wisdom you know mm-hmm. like i'm i'm pretty smart but there are people that are way smarter than i am and so if i i mean and it's not even just a matter of me not fully understanding but like giving me a base of, of wording to pull from mm-hmm. because there are times when i can say something but there are people that can say it better than me Mm-hmm. And so uh, one of the ones that's the, the primary one for me, uh, especially if I'm preaching New Testament, um, is uh, William Barclay. Um, I've, I've lent you a couple volumes mm-hmm. of that when you've been preaching um, for me in the pulpit. Uh, but William Barclay's Daily Study Daily Study Bible is just a very, I mean, it's been a source that I've had for a long time. It's in its third or fourth reprinting now. And a couple of years ago, I bit the bullet and bought the entire 2017 printing of that, of that Mm -hmm. resource. It's the new daily study Bible. It has some stuff from William Barclay's son and then another one of his students that kind of just helps. Um, And he just Mm -hmm. has this really down to earth brass tacks way of saying stuff. And then he also brings in other sources like poetry and like ties it to scripture or, you know, just like folk stories or just other things that can help illustrate the point that scripture is trying to make. And so like today I was starting to work on, on Sunday sermon and like the first thing I did was pull through the Barclay and like, mm-hmm. and, and like I said, on, I think i said this on the podcast last week, I'm working with Pastor Peggy Hanson. And so a lot of that went from the Barclay book into a Google doc that we can share to share those resources back and forth together mm-hmm. as we put together sermons for Sunday. So yeah, so that's one of the, that's one of them that I, that I use quite a bit, um, I also have, it's a little bit dated now, it's from 1988, but it's the Cokesbury uh, Basic Biblical Commentary. Um, and it really, that one is just a very accessible, not, it's, 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 it's very well done. And sometimes you'll just, I, I there was a couple weeks ago where I just couldn't get enough of what this guy was writing about. I mean, it was just, it was really, uh, it was really illuminating for me. And then I was able to turn that into... Um, a, a part of the sermon as well, um, but you know, it, it just it it brings it down into a into a plainer language sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then, like for for more serious digging, I have the Word Biblical Commentary. Um, I got mo- I have most of that for the Old and New Testament, and that will like go back to the original language and then dig into even some of the, like the the textual textual variants among different sources. Um, and uh, different ways translation committees have made certain decisions about a text, and really get into the nuts and the bolts and the 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 Greek of it all, and, mm-hmm. and or the Hebrew of it all. Um, it's a really it's a really solid commentary set as well. So, but yeah, it's all in the pro. I mean, for me as a preacher, it's all under the service of how can I communicate the truth of Scripture. The best to the congregation i've been called to serve Mm -hmm. like that's my primary when i'm when i'm working on a sermon that's my primary goal is how can i be the best communicator of god's truth that i can be and that's by reading smarter people than me Mm -hmm. and then not just stealing from them but you know citing the sources and and bringing and and maybe not even quoting wholesale but like this idea came from that. And then I play with it for a while in a sermon and then what happens Sunday happens Sunday. So,
1: Mm -hmm. so for those of us who don't have an MDiv and maybe want, want a source. Sure. What would you suggest?
0: Yeah. Um, a really good study Bible is always good. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, with, with, with with footnotes, like I've got, uh, from my time in college, I have the Harper Collins study Bible, um, and then I also there is also one put together a few years ago called the Wesley Study Bible that'll bring in actual quotations from John Wesley. And like mm. Wesley has this vast document called The Explanatory Notes on the Old and New Testament, um uh, which I use quite a bit as well. Um, but it is the Wesley Study Bible have, brings in some of the best of United Methodist scholarship um, to the text as well. Um so, I mean, really, really, truly, a good study of Bible is is where I would recommend a person go.
1: Mm-hmm. That's great.
0: That relationships with others, um, we are supported and strengthened, and even in our our minds can be expanded by other pilgrims on the journey with us. And like I was going to go into a big list of people, like I know that I would not be who I am, or I would not be where I am, with people like with without people, um, like Pastor Bob Simmons, who was my pastor growing up. Mm -hmm. or Pastor Eldon Reich, who, you know, really helped nurture my call to ministry, or some of my friends from seminary, like Chad Zacherson and Jeff, like, that became scriptural sparring partners with me, of like, I'm thinking about preaching this text in this way, and they would say, okay, cool, but also, what about this, or what about that, or here's a bunny trail that you can run down and maybe find something in. And so I think that there is a way, I think that there is a beauty of the way that the body of Christ works when it comes to scripture and when it comes to theology of how we learn from each other. (laughs) One of the best groups that I've watched is Alicia Van Bachern's Wednesday Bible study because they come from such a diverse amount of backgrounds. It's not just one church represented in the room. It's a lot of churches represented in the room and they all bring a different idea and a different, you know, a different take or a different look and, they can help each other along the way. And I think that there is a beauty, uh, there is just a beauty to that, that we miss if we just think we can do study all by ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, like I mentioned already, I'm doing this sermon series with my friend, pastor Peggy, because we have a lot of similarities in the way that we think and approach things, but also because we can bring different voices and different resources and different experiences to the scripture text and then share those ideas that then that can start to form the sermon.
1: That's interesting. I'm reading um, the Christian man book right now. I want to see what your thoughts are on this. And and one of the ideas in there in order to become a true Christian man is you need three things. You need to study the Bible, be a part of a small group Bible study, Mm -hmm. and serve others. Yeah. So kind of along those lines, what are your thoughts on that, on that idea of understanding who God is by doing those three things? What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I mean, my thoughts are that's really solid advice. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, going back to the sermon on Sunday, we cannot do theology or we cannot grow in our faith if we aren't digging into the Word. Mm-hmm. The best way that I know that God has made God's self known to us, is through the self-revelation that is provided in Scripture. I mean, like I said on Sunday, every part of Scripture speaks to us about our experiences with God, our experiences in life, and we can learn what it means to live a godly life in the pages of Scripture. Mm -hmm. and then also the influence of other people that have that same outlook and the same goal and the same purpose of just, you know, we are here to make each other better. We're here to make each other grow. We're here to to dig into the word together and learn together and, you know, really support one another along that journey. Mm -hmm. You know, that can be such a beautiful thing, and such a powerful thing of, you know, and you can really form a lifelong connection with A group of people if you have that 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 similar purpose Mm -hmm. and then the other one was serving others and i think that goes so hand in hand with the other two because if you read the pages of scripture you are going to hear jesus say that you are going to do things in my name and you're going to serve you know the best way that you know the the greatest commandments in scripture what is the greatest commandment lord your god with all your heart soul mind and strength and the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself How do you love your neighbor? Through service. Mm -hmm. You know, and that you're going to have that in a small group, and you're going to have that as you study scripture, and that's just going to flow naturally out of the growth that God is providing in your life. So Mm -hmm. I think that's a beautiful way of saying that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Yeah. Just wanted to see what your thoughts were. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So you had your big question at the beginning Mm -hmm. Who is God? And you said, here are the three things of how to figure out who he is. Mm-hmm. But who is he? And we've asked this question in the past, and I've struggled with it. I think we kind of asked, who is Jesus to us? Yeah. Um, but who is God? Like, in what's your definition?
0: When I think of who God is in my life, like, I go back to the image of divine parent. You know, like, I. As an adopted kid, yes, I have amazing, amazing earthly parents. But when God's word talks about the adoption of the Gentiles and like the grafting on of the Gentiles, like for a long time in scripture, salvation is just for Jewish people. Mm -hmm. You know, it really isn't even until after Jesus that, I mean, Jesus kind of, if you read the gospels, Jesus kind of plants that seed along the way. But really, it isn't until later on, like, when salvation starts to become more widely accepted by Gentile people, which is good news for us, again, we're Gentiles, that idea that God's love is that vast and that God's love is that beyond our, you know, I'm sure that the first, I actually know from Scripture, we know from Scripture that the first Gentile converts, like, it shook people. I mean mm-hmm. how is this happening? Why is this happening? What does it mean that this is happening? So much so that the council of church like the the first church council has to happen in Jerusalem to figure out what in the world we do with these Gentile Christians that are starting to hear the gospel and be filled with the Holy Spirit and you know it shook people but yet it still was true. It was mm-hmm. still happening and it was still what God intended to have happen in the first place. And to to know that God's love is that that is that vast, Mm -hmm. you know that really that 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 God is our divine parent, and that that is God's defining role in my life. How about for you, Eric? When someone asks you who God is, how do you respond to that?
1: I so when you ask that question on Sunday. I kind of went off in a rabbit trail in my head and didn't listen for a while. That's fair. Never happened before, I promise. Uh, <laughs> but I remember I did a Bible study in college, and we were talking about omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent being, right? Mm-hmm. So all-seeing, all-knowing, cool. all-powerful. Yes, thank you. This, and, and those are just really big words. They and are, I'm yeah. like, it's more just jargon. Um, so it fits it we'll fit the there. sermon. It we'll fit the there. sermon, right? Wait a couple of weeks we'll be uh-huh. there. But then I I was thinking about it more and like how have I how have I known or sensed God's presence in my life and how has he altered my life? And I I think of him as the the ultimate mentor.
0: Mm.
1: And the person or the the yeah, the person that I can always go to. And get the guidance I'm looking for. Sure. Um, There's things I have prayed about in the past of things that I was struggling with, either with a coworker or a spot, my, my wife or whatever. And I didn't know how to handle it. Sure. Whatever situation I was in. Yeah. And I could feel this nudge to have a conversation with that person. Mm. Every single time I've had this nudge to have the conversation, even though that conversation has been really friggin' uncomfortable. Sure. I've always had this nudge to have that conversation. And after having the conversation, how that's changed my life, how that changed the situation and made everything so much better, there's no, there's no other explanation for it than a God thing. Right. Right. And so I just feel like he's this, he is this ultimate mentor that, takes us down the path if we're willing to listen, Mm -hmm. takes us down the path that we need to go. Yeah, That's what I think of him as.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and from that understanding blossoms forth the whole rest of theology. You know, like, that part of it, that that understanding of who God is is so foundational. Then we can start asking other big questions, you know? Mm -hmm. That's what I like about wrestling with that with that identity of who god is in our lives and that's going to change and shift over over time mm-hmm. as, as we go through life right like i remember teaching a bible study back when i was in college where i was talking to a group of adults and i was like okay who's god to you and it was i was because of the scripture we were using i was very much gearing us more towards god as the creator and that for me being a farm kid growing up in the river hills of south dakota like I remember distinctly looking around and just thinking how cool it was that God made all of this. But I was talking to someone, they're just like, well, I've, you know, in my life, with my life experiences, God's been more of that parent. And then, you know, the answer I gave as we were having the conversation is kind of, not that I've changed my mind on who God is, but I'm seeing more as I live more and live longer and do more stuff and become a dad myself. Like, I can see how God is that role for us and so that that understanding can can shift
1: but Isn't that the beauty of it all? Yeah. Like it can he is all of those things. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Neither of those answers are wrong. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, our understanding of who God is just continues to grow.
1: Right. Cuz yeah, you're right when you're sitting out in a pasture with just hills of grass and cattle and Yep streams flowing it's really hard not to in that moment not to just feel a sense of peace and knowing that we didn't create any of this yeah this was all created for us and there is very few things in life that are as beautiful as that moment absolutely yep channel channel our inner paul harvey's right now but anyway
0: (laughs) Yeah, there's a really good Bible study course out there called Alpha Course and like it starts with wrestling with who is God and then mm-hmm. it moves on to who is Jesus and then other other classic claims of the Christian faith. Um, you know, but if we this is where we start. This yeah. is where we start and everything branches off from it. Mm-hmm. Which is why that's where we started with, with this series of the, of this idea of theology first and then yeah, we're I gonna like move along to other other areas of theology I mean, it's still under the umbrella of theology but it is you know, it's the big with- picture yeah
1: mm-hmm. yep nice so yep. what's next week
0: yeah so next week we're going to be wrestling with grace It's going to be the word we mm. talk about well um, grace is you know it's not it's not as it's not as complex and juicy as theology like we're not going to break it down into its parts because it's just grace but yet in our understanding of who god is part of our understanding of that is that God is gracious. Mm-hmm. And so what does God's grace look like in our lives? And how does, that, how does that progress as we take more and more steps of faith in our lives? And so we're going to be talking about how grace is what brings us to faith in the first place and how grace is what helps us to grow and develop um so and then how grace helps us move on towards you know uh, what grace means for us on the other side of heaven too Mm -hmm. you know so it's that whole spectrum of our lives grace means something along the different ways like we talk in the united in the united methodist church we talk specifically about prevenient grace grace that is there before we even know that we need it god Mm -hmm. is working in the midst of our lives beckoning us to that moment of decision and then we are justified in our faith by grace and it's all i mean everything is done by grace but we're justified in our faith and then through that we are sanctified and that is a part of that salvific process that we all undergo as people of faith so we're going to unpack what that's about what that means and how that helps us to live now and and going forward um that's where we're going to go on sunday
1: nice yeah Sounds good. Well, thanks for joining us on this week's Cut for Time podcast. Join us again next week in person here in the church, online for the podcast next week.
0: Thanks for listening to our Cut for Time conversation. Join us for worship in person or on Facebook Live Sundays at 10 o'clock Central Time. And now go in peace and serve the Lord.